The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we are talking law and order. So uh, a lot of exciting things happening in the community, dealing with law and order. And Lieutenant Clayton Williams is with us this morning. Clayton, good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to have you with us today. And uh, tell us a, a little about the topic today. This is a little different direction today on the broadcast. Uh, tell us some of the new areas that Murfreesboro Police are offering. This morning, we wanted to bring with us some of our um, partners that uh, we've some, developed some relationships with in the community to better uh, deliver services to the citizens of Murfreesboro. And one of the big things that going on not only in, in the city, but uh, nationally, I believe that we see is a growing need for um, mental health services. And a lot of our calls for service that we deal with have increased in in those areas so through a grant opportunity and behavioral health here in Murfreesboro who's they're not new to the community they've been here a while and I'll let them talk a little bit more about their services and what they do Um, but there was a conversation that was had that and opportunity for this grant to put somebody who is actually a practitioner in the field of mental health um, and can help us as we deal with individuals in in the public uh, who may need some it may be something just need some services they may need a referral to where they can get some specific help or it may be something to where we need to get them to immediate treatment and by the having this partnership and having this person with us it allows us to better assess those situations and determine the best course of action and also expedite the process so that uh, we can uh, get our folks back on the street into another call that's coming in so um, again so with us today is Kelsey Taylor with Guidance Center not Guidance I'm sorry Behavioral Health I apologize and then Heather Newells and she is actually our mental health co-responder who works uh, out of our office every day. So, Heather, you're there at the police department. Yes, I am at the police department Monday through Friday. Um, my set shift is 2 to 10 p.m. Now, tell us a little about behavioral health and what your firm does. So, I think Kelsey can speak a little bit more on the actual agency. Yeah, so we are... Um, you know, we work for Volunteer Behavioral Health, and uh, we were awarded a grant in July to establish these partnerships with uh, law enforcement departments in Middle and East Tennessee. And, you know, one of our, our, you know, the first thing that bumped in my head was Murfreesboro Police Department, um, because through our mobile crisis teams, uh, we see a very high rate of mental health-related calls in this area, so we knew Murfreesboro could benefit from having a co-responder. And so a co-responder, essentially, you know, they're either 
primary response, a first response, or a secondary response. Heather's role with Murfreesboro is more of a first response. She is riding, um, you know, shotgun in that seat with the officer to respond out to mental health related calls and um, she can provide an on-scene risk assessment she can provide linkage to services um, you know really trying to get these individuals what they need to either prevent a full-blown crisis to where someone is now suicidal homicidal psychotic or to route them to maybe a higher level of care you know there are there are many benefits of this program and um you know i, I can go on all day about it so I'll, I'll it see sounds you. like you're excited about <laughs> it that's good now did this begin i know there was a situation in nashville on the interstate where a person uh, was in the middle of the interstate with a pistol or he was armed and there were several first responders around him mm. and there was no uh, no person like the two of you on the scene no that uh, you know we, it's interesting the timing wise i think it just happened to coincide that when we actually launched and and put it on the ground it just happened to be in a relatively similar time but we actually started these discussions uh over well October. it was during, it was in 2021 uh when we started working on this so it's been a process and it just so happened to coincide around the same time so it, it wasn't a reaction to that this was something that we were trying to be proactive about as a department and also with behavioral health in the community that we just saw that uh, that was an ever-growing need and and we wanted to provide any resources we could to help in that area would that have been the type of situation that you would have worked on not exactly um you know that, that was a what we would a lot of times we would call a hot scene uh, where uh the potential of somebody being armed that that gentleman from what i understand about the case they they knew he had a, a knife or a box cutter and they weren't sure if he was armed with a, a firearm or not so um you know heather and the her role is she's there to provide as a almost a, a treatment situation so she's not a police officer and we don't expect her to be in those situations where she would be in in, in harm and, and she's not expected to that she's not trained for that and that's her role is more of a once we get into a situation that we would call cold where we actually have dialogue established and there's the threat or risk at the time of, uh, of the incident has decreased significantly now how long have you been involved with this heather yeah so my first day was february 9th is when we officially embedded with the police department have there been any situations in which you have actually been called into service yeah we have numerous times uh well numerous cases under our belt so far um anything from safety planning with um, consumers or you know connecting them to just outside resources for outpatient um, you know alcohol and drug treatment and then of course evaluations and assessments that end in inpatient treatment now is there a trend when you look at these persons who are becoming your patients uh, are they mostly young people are they drug related is it uh, firearms what what seems to be the the, the majority of the cases so age-wise pretty pretty ra uh, good range right now we're not working with juveniles just because it's not in our fields but as far as aging wise you know anything from young to mid-20s to the older individuals um, and as far as you know 
call type, it ranges from suicidal threats, suicidal attempts, um, psychosis. There is some drug-related, and as we know, a lot of times with mental health, there's the comorbidity aspect that comes into, into play a lot of times as well. So we have been seeing a wide variety, um, but people have definitely been getting the help that they need, and we've been getting you know, good feedback. Do most of your jobs result in consultations uh, over the phone or over to a radio with them at the scenes? No, we are in person with them. So I'm face-to-face with them, able to do it all right there on scene with my officer um, right next to me. So I am never alone. There's always an officer with me. Safety is a huge aspect of the whole process. So before I even get out of the patrol car, my partner will make sure that the scene is clear, make sure there are no firearms on scene, and then they'll allow me to come on and initiate the assessment. Now, as you initiate this assessment, are there any similarities in one case to another? Uh, Do the people act as if I'm so thankful that somebody is listening to me. I've needed to talk to somebody for a long time. Or are they shocked that you're there? It's been, you know, gone both ways. Of course, it depends on the individual. Sometimes they are a little bit more agitated, and that's just the level of crisis that they're in. And, you know, I just acknowledge them, and I hear them out, and then I allow them to know that I'm here for their safety. And it's just a dialogue between the two of us to get a kind of a better picture of where they're at. Um, But otherwise, people have really been responsive to it. And when I acknowledge them and remind them that I'm not a police officer and then I'm here to get them help, they seem to open up more. And I think the officers appreciate that too because sometimes they maybe feel a little stuck because, you know, they can't facilitate that conversation just because of the whole environment in general. But once they hear that, I'm not law enforcement, I'm not a police officer. They're, you know, come a little bit more on ease and they're able to feel a little bit more comfortable and then disclose some more to me. Lieutenant Williams, as you go on the scene in cases like this, do you hear responses from some of these people who are uh, surprised that this service is being offered and in a way thankful that it is? Uh, it's hard to gauge that. Um, it's Like I said, we've only been on the ground for about two months i mean really two full months Mm -hmm. so but what i would say is uh, the the inroad opportunity that it produces because when someone calls for and if they're in a crisis situation excuse me especially in those situations where it's a family member and say uh, a spouse has called or a parent has called or an uncle or brother sister that has called for another person if they call the police department because they don't really know what else to do um, and we show up if that person is already in an agitated state or or maybe they don't maybe they don't realize that they need help when they see a uniform officer the first thing they equate that with is trouble or that they're going to be arrested or they're going to go to jail or they're going to be forced to do something against their their will and there are times when we do have to do that, but there's also a lot of times when there are options in this vehicle uh, that in, in method that we have now with this partnership can give us someone on scene who can who is much more thoroughly trained in mental health than our officers are. Um, now, I do want to say we <clears throat> train every year on uh, mental illness, mental health, first aid. 
um, crisis intervention training. We have a lot of officers that have been through that program, and it and it's really good. <clears throat> but the, there are limitations with that. That someone who has much more um, depth in the field of study of mental illness and knows exactly what the resources are in the in the area and what they can do and the options that they can present it just opens up the door and provides us much better options than just either taking someone to the emergency room and having them wait to be seen there um, directly and the officer being the person that is with them uh, who's limited in scope to hear and assess what's going on versus having someone who can really understand and see deeper about what's happening and find the best the you know the best treatment options for them has this program been successful in other states there are i want people have been talking about it for a long time but getting it actually up and going it, it's still relatively new um i know i read an article uh from publication of the newport news um virginia has had some success with their program it recently got some media attention and people are departments and cities the way that they do it is it's not always the same model of how it's deployed but i do think that in recent times and events that we've seen that oftentimes law enforcement alone don't have the tools uh, or i shouldn't say they're not the best um it's kind of like using a, a hammer to drive a tack sometimes uh you know there you need more tools and more resources available to meet the ever-growing needs of the community and and mental health is one of those things that's kind of spiked and we're glad to to train and we're glad to help any way we can but seeing that we have limitations there about what we can do um we just you know with this opportunity thought that let's give this a try and see what happens and if it's successful you know um we'll continue to build upon it and hopefully extend this partnership and and uh have you know ongoing success mm -hmm. now volunteer behavioral health is that uh, a, an outgrowth of the guidance center did the two used to be one or that's the umbrella company and then volunteer covers over 30 counties in middle and east tennessee so in adding to the successfulness of the program through research um you know research has also shown that it has this these type of programs have been able to decrease unnecessary um, emergency department admissions unnecessary mm -hmm. um you know not charging someone you know going putting them in into incarceration uh for a crime that's low level and for a crime that um, is secondary to their mental illness so really getting those individuals routed to mental health treatment um, there's a lot of cost avoidance and cost savings with these programs uh, as far as uh, you know rerouting um, ems uh, er fire police uh, resources you know that is shown through some studies to save uh, the city county millions mm -hmm. so uh, but I think there's a lot more research we still you know need to do on that and um, analyzing our own data so with the background from the guidance center you have a, a long history with this community yes I mean, you this is you you didn't just move into here you have a long history of success here 
a long uh, history of you know providing the community outpatient treatment as well as working with Murfreesboro Police Department and uh, seeing how invested they are in getting their officers CIT trained, the crisis intervention team training that really just provides those officers with additional um, tools for their toolkit when responding to mental health related calls. We're talking about some new services, some new ways of doing things at the Murfreesboro Police Department. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back and on the next segment, this will be the one where if you have a question, you can talk, call us, or text it to us. All at 615-893-1450. Stay with us, we'll be right back. Overnight, Good Neighbor Talk turns the UFOs, aliens, the unknown. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. By growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. We're a pretty well-rounded music store. We have every guitar, keyboard, drum that you might be looking for. Parts are available, strings, accessories. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings and drums. It's all here, Music World and Drummer's Den. We're your hometown music store. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon. A cloudy skies, a high in the mid-70s. Tonight's slight chance for rain and storms early, decreasing clouds low 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. Good morning. Over in Wilson County, there's still on the scene of a crash involving some trucks on 40 westbound at the 252 mile marker. It's still got traffic crazy slow over in Smith County. Give yourself a little bit of extra time out here. We've seen tons of radar. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world famous cotton candy wine. Check them out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Middle Tennessee football and basketball games are right here. This is Chip Walters on Rutherford County's Blue Raider Station. MTSU Sports on WGNS. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. This is a segment where we do take your comments. 615-893-1450. We can take them by phone. You can talk or you can text, whichever you prefer. 615-893-1450. With us from Volunteer Behavioral Health, Heather Newells and Kelsey Taylor. And with the Murfreesboro Police Department visiting with us this morning, Lieutenant Clayton Williams. 
and quietly in the background, public information officer Larry Flowers. All I think right. he he's producing the show today, Bart. I think is so that what he's yeah, doing? Okay. Yeah. Well, he's he's got very quiet <laughs> I know, in the background. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Now, do these consultation? I guess that's what we could call these, with with the uh, people that you meet uh, while on beat with the police department. Do they turn into clients, or are some of these people needing uh, assistance in their issues? So I will follow up with most individuals for about three days or so, um, you know, after I initially do the evaluation just to continue to check up on them, continue to check up on their well-being, make sure they still feel that they can keep themselves and others safe, whether that's at home, in the community, with others. Um, Of course, if the result was going inpatient, I will continue to follow up with their admission status and make sure that that's all running smoothly. But as far as safety planning and resources, I will follow up with them. We can get them set up with, you know, a follow-up appointment somewhere um, and get them those services. So they don't necessarily become my clients, but we will refer them to other agencies and get intake appointments set up for them. Okay, we have a, a text here from a listener who says uh, that the, her son, the lady's son had been in the military and was dismissed about six months ago and has some PTSD issues. Uh, do you work in those areas? So I don't take on necessarily clients, right, and make them, you know, a weekly basis or anything, but definitely, you know, I can refer to some resources in the community that would be able to facilitate some extra help as well. Yeah, I'm wondering, is, is that pretty much uh, a lot of what people, they are just thirsting for information and they don't know where to go for help you're exactly right a lot of people don't know where to start or it seems overwhelming or you know when you go on google you make that google search and everything is just flooded you know in front of you and it's that initial first step that they just kind of need some help in that push on go ahead kelsey you have anything? yeah also uh they struggle with financial you know mm-hmm. how you know they're already one of their stressors is financial and they're like how am i going to pay for services you know i need i need to seek a therapist but how am i going to pay for that and um at volunteer behavioral health uh, the campus in murfreesboro they have something called a behavioral health safety net that can help individuals um pay for services case management therapy medication management um, they also have a pharmacy on site there so that you know they can pick those up right away that person's not having to make additional trips out to the pharmacy and that helps with those individuals that don't have transportation mm-hmm. um, because we we do see that a trend in homeless a trend in transportation issues uh, getting to their appointments so, you know, there, there is help out there, and Heather can definitely connect those individuals to that treatment, especially, you know, you know, don't worry about being able to pay for the services. You know, we have something that can help. Now, do you find that people have had these problems for most of their life and just didn't realize it or didn't know what to do with them? I mean, yeah, a lot of people, you know, suffer for quite some time before they get to that point where they're able to get the help. 
um, or some people, you know, have received treatment in the past and then other factors have come into play that have, you know, hindered them from continuing treatment. So sometimes, you know, they just need that extra little pick me up. And like I said, a lot of times people don't know where to start. So here I am and I'm able to kind of make that initial connection for them. And a big role of mine has been going out in the community and a lot of community outreach and connecting with partners and networking and just making sure, you know, that we're all kind of working in cahoots together and working with one another and having each other's contact information and being able to, you know, call right from on scene and say, hey, I have this individual that's going through X, Y, and Z. Is there something that we can do together? So that's been a huge role as well. By the way, if you just tuned in, we have with us as our guests today, Heather Newells and Kelsey Taylor, both with Volunteer Behavioral Health and Lieutenant Clayton Williams from Murfreesboro Police, Larry Flowers from Murfreesboro Police here. And we're talking about this new program that began in February. And Heather, you actually go on the patrol with an officer. Yes. Uh, are you on the patrol in the daytime only or does it vary or what? So my set shift is Monday through Friday from 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. So I am like Kelsey said, riding shotgun with my partner, um, and we are out on patrol from 2 to 10 every night. Mm -hmm. And those days, uh, she's Monday through Friday, 11 to yeah. 7, as she said. 2 to 10. And, uh, 2 to 10. <laughs> so sorry. There's a lot of co-responders I've got under my belt, and I get them confused sometimes. But um, those hours, days are you know we reached out to murfreesboro mm -hmm. police about when they receive their highest rate of mental health calls you know we want to make sure we're utilizing these clinicians at peak times so that is how those hours days come about came about what are some of the issues that people have you mentioned uh, some of the problems that uh, were the high areas of response what kind of mental health issues are people having um so a lot of times oh our call volume is due to suicidal threats or suicide attempts or um, there's homicidal ideation that I will look for, psychosis, delusions, hallucinations, um, a lot of paranoia, thinking you know that others may be out to get them or harm them. Um, so I feel like that's the primary um, call, call volume that we've been seeing. Um, but then again, a lot of times it's comorbidity with drug and alcohol, substance abuse, and a lot of times, too, you know, my whether it's my partner or other officers will be on perhaps a domestic call and, you know, the, the victim at hand needs some extra resources. So I'm able to respond to those as well and facilitate some extra conversation for them and connect them to further resources, too. Very good. Uh, Clayton, with this new service that uh, Murfreesboro Police and Volunteer Behavioral Health are working with together, uh, are you noticing... Uh, what kind of response, what kind of comments are you hearing from people who have had uh, this service offered to them? I wish Larry had a microphone right now. Uh, he shared with me some numbers <clears throat> when we first put that out um, for people that track what's going on on social media, and I'll let him speak to that when uh, the response was uh, quite overwhelming, and he can speak mm -hmm. to that, uh, kind of how that trended. Good, good morning, Bart. Good morning, Larry. Uh, yes, when we first um, uh, released the uh, news release on Heather being our first mental health co-responder, um, I'm telling you the Facebook engagement went through the roof. I am down 85% in my engagement for Facebook right now because of Heather because <laughs> she shot the numbers through the roof. So uh, 
lot of positive reaction from uh, the public here in Murfreesboro, welcoming Heather. Uh, the story has been shared all across the country. I mean, her her uh, university that she graduated from in, in New York actually uh, uh, shared the article. So it's one of those things where we've gotten overwhelming uh, support uh, for this particular program you know, being able to have a mental health co-responder go along with our police officers as they go out and uh, and deal with these mental health consumers. And Bart, I have to say, you know, um, Murfreesboro Police began their mental health training back in 2010. Uh, we modeled our program after uh, the program that began at the Memphis uh, Police Department. They led the state, led the country in mental health, uh, uh, you know, um, in, in mental health. And so, we um, have trained over 65 police officers and dispatchers within our building to become um, CIT trained. Each of our officers have to go through some type of mental health training throughout the year. So this is something that it's, 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 it's wild, a widespread thing here in Murfreesboro. And we're just so happy to have volunteer, volunteer behavior, healthcare systems, you know, partnering with the Murfreesboro Police Department and you know and we definitely welcome Heather aboard and we would love to have more once uh, we get more grant funding <laughs> yeah. here uh, Kelsey hint hint <laughs> yeah well we do have uh, one position that is uh, open uh, to work uh, you can be a clinician a co-responder with Heather we are looking for a clinician who is master's leveled um, and having that master's in a clinical field such as social work uh, psychology counseling and we would like them to be able to commit to pursuing full licensure um, so that they can be a mandatory pre-screening agent for the state and that just gives them more ability and to to make decisions on whether someone needs a higher level of care okay so you're looking for somebody with a master's degree who can do some uh, counseling yeah a counseling uh, part of it sort of just a little bit um, but then numerous things community outreach mm -hmm. risk assessment uh, community linkage I mean this is more than just a clinician paired with an officer it's about the community it, it takes a village so uh, you know getting everyone on board learning you know Heather's I don't think we've mentioned she's from New York so she just got here about in December so you know I've been eyeing her since October got her here in December officially embedded in February so uh, we are glad to have her and if you uh, you know qualify kind of around those things we've uh, just talked about uh, I would love for you to come and work with Heather very good we have another question from a listener says Heather how would you have handled the case of the individual on the interstate in Nashville recently would you have been able to possibly prevent the shooting uh, I'm gonna jump it I don't know if that's a fair question I mean uh, that that was a dynamic evolving situation that um, was extremely difficult to manage with a lot of unknowns um and you know to try to say there's some people that uh, you know if you read in social media and then some that have linked trying to say like well if some if so and so had been there or if they had a co-responder this might have, you know there's no way to know that um and it's i think what's the takeaway is um that mental health is a growing problem that is not limited to Nashville it's not limited to Murfreesboro it's not limited to anywhere um, 
And I think departments that are doing anything in the way of if it's increasing CIT training, if it's increasing um, awareness, if it's increasing um, just uh, community helpers are trying to get those relationships and partnerships in place. I think that's what's important. And um, it's just we're very fortunate, Bart. And I want to go back to something that uh, Kelsey said about the village. You know, this was this was a community developed uh, plan and meaning that it wasn't just Murfreesboro Police Department leadership. It was partnered with leadership in the city, uh, partners with volunteer behavioral health and those connections that made this happen. Um, but we, it was something that we said, yes, let's, let's embrace this. Let's give this a try and let's, let's try to offer another resource that we can. Um, and again, uh, back to that question that that would, just, that wouldn't be a situation where we would put someone in like Heather status in that, in, uh, so it's just really not a not an equal or equivalent situation. So we have another question from uh, listeners, and this one says it seems like we the government was going away from services to the mental illness uh, areas uh, many years ago, decades ago, with the closings of institutions that focused 100% on that. Is this the new way of handling this? Um, I think the, I understand exactly what they're saying. And, and yes, I mean, you look at some of the facilities that used to be around. Uh, I mean, Cloverbottom was an older facility there in Nashville. Uh, and during the 80s and, and late 80s, early, a lot of those facilities and state-run uh, facilities closed. Um, was so that, that all over the That was nation? all over the country. It wasn't just Tennessee. Uh, it was a, a federal initiative. And um, that is... I would say that is one gap that a lot of people realize whether you're on the you know one providing services or if it's the one needing services um, <clears throat> there are some holes there but places like volunteer behavioral health and 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 other entities that we have even here are trying to fill that void um, and I don't want to speak too much for them but I think more and more as that becomes recognized I hope from the federal level that we might see more of public uh, availability for treatment centers and follow-up and and even more inpatient situations and i'll i'll let, uh, pass it over to kelsey or heather if they want to speak to anything about that as well okay well i think those psychiatric hospitals closing definitely mm -hmm. forced a lot of those patients out into homelessness and volunteer does everything to try to obtain grants grants as far as that can assist with housing for these individuals or additional services um you know really trying to somewhat fill that gap um and it's a big gap to fill so there's there's really no way to just completely solve it but helping those individuals get back into treatment and as well as housed and into a stable environment well, some of these people probably never had treatment. I mean, if this went away in the 80s, uh, people who are, are younger who have these issues that need help with them, uh, they've never had uh, resources like this to help them, I guess. Mm -hmm. well, I think co-response is... It's a newer program to Tennessee. You know, Memphis has a CAHOOTS program. Um, it's 
you know, I think it's a good thing. I think it can bring a lot of benefits, especially to this community. Um, you know, I, I love this community here. I think there are a lot of resources and, you know, we are looking to partner with those agencies and either uh, to provide kind of a warm handoff when we see these individuals out in the community, you know, so Heather can do a kind of a continuity of care. Here's a, another note from a listener. I just wanted to recognize Officer Rays and Martin. I hope I have those names right. They conducted a traffic stop with teens that had uh, mental health issues. They contacted uh, this person. They contacted a mother, de-escalated the encounter, and they were uh, black and are more scared than anything. And the person says, thank you to the officers. Hi, we appreciate that. And uh, mm-hmm. Sergeant Martin is actually uh, one of our instructors with CIT, and he is passionate about that topic. And uh, that's, I don't doubt that one bit uh, that he was able to provide that. And that's something that is uh, we that same type of mentality and same type of care and same type of uh, equipping is what we're trying to do for all our officers. And uh, so we just, it, back to that person's question about saying that, is this the new model of what government is trying to do to provide for services? Um, I don't, you, we're trying to do something, I think, and that's what the, we realize there's a gap there. And we're going to these calls anyway, and we're being called over and over and over. And I, just like uh, Heather, you know, she's one person, she works 40 hours a week. She, there's numerous calls that she can't go to because it does take some time once she's involved with a, a, a consumer and trying to get them assessed and what they need. So they average about uh, four a week, uh, and then she still ha- and she has to do her follow-ups and documentation. So in that week's time, it takes a while, and that's one of the reasons why we're looking for another person because there are many other mental health potential calls that go and the officers are dealing with where it would be nice to have someone like Heather, but it was just, she's just one person and we can't do it that way. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. And like I said, we're learning a lot from this and hopefully as it goes on, we'll be able to take more away and decide maybe how to best utilize this resource and grow it or modify it to provide better service to the citizens. Here's another question says, do you have data on the percentages of people pulled over by the police or sheriff's office? who do have mental health issues? Uh, I don't think that's something we can track. Um, Yeah, I I don't know how, because on a general traffic stop, I'll just say that somebody may be a mental health consumer and you may not even know it because they're functioning at a level that goes unnoticed. Um, So we don't have a way to track that particular information. It's not something that we would try to obtain in a typical traffic stop encounter. Alrighty, 615-893-1450. Talk or text, we'll be back in just a moment. We're gonna check on the traffic and weather. Stay with us. If you have something to buy, sell, or trade, call me. Weekday mornings at 7.50 for Swap and Shop. WGNS, AM, FM, and online. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. 
When the unexpected happens, fire, water, or storm damage, Fair Construction can help. Fair Construction is also there to help when a car slams through the wall, and that seems to happen more often these days. I'm Ron Hall. Let our family at Fair Construction help you. Call Fair Construction, and we'll board up, put down tarps, secure your home or business until the insurance coverage is approved. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. Good morning. Over in Wilson County, there's still on a scene of a crash involving some trucks on 40 westbound at the 252 mile marker. It's still got traffic crazy slow over in Smith County. Give yourself a little bit of extra time out here. We've seen tons of radar. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world famous cotton candy wine. Check them out at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon. A cloudy skies, a high in the mid-70s. Tonight's light chance for rain and storms early, decreasing clouds low 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 59. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at wgnsradio.com. Welcome back. We're in the final segment, so if you have a question or a comment, don't wait around. I mean, we only have about five minutes left. 615-893-1450. Heather Newells and Kelsey Taylor with us from Volunteer Behavioral Health. And, of course, Lieutenant Clayton Williams from Murfreesboro Police with us. We're talking about law and order. We're talking about a new service that's being offered from the Murfreesboro Police Department. And Heather is riding with an officer in case there is a, a need for counseling, for just somebody to talk your way through a, a delicate issue. Sure. You never know. And and your shift again is what time? 2 to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday. So that, that should pretty well get that's everything. The, that's our busiest times of, of day for calls in general and what we found for, for the types of calls that she would be you know a vital resource for that's the times that those are happening and hopefully as kelsey mentioned if we can if we can expand on this then we could maybe increase that coverage and overlap a little bit to get some more times in there if if you did that what would your next area of of what would your next time slot be you know i think probably we would do something we would look at a split like an 11 a.m to 7 p.m um to kind of get that earlier afternoon but also to provide extra volume during that peak time of two to six um that that would probably be something that we would look at very seriously okay we have a question asking about is road rage a part of this we hear a lot of road rage stories uh it sort of comes and flows uh what about road rage well if you know if this is a call that an officer goes out on and they determine that it's not somebody that's just being angry and flew off the handle where it's something where they may have an underlying issue going on then certainly that's something that they could call uh the officer uh that heather's riding with and and have to see if they could come out and, and make an assessment there we <clears throat> it, it definitely could fall under that absolutely so have you covered any of that or it, did you cover any of that in your training i have not had any calls specifically related to road rage but i could definitely see it 
see it being of a possibility. And like um, Lieutenant said, you know, if it seems to be that it's not just normal anger and maybe warrants a little bit more insight, definitely would head on over and see what we can do. Yeah. I'm glad they brought up road rage because that involves getting behind the wheel of a car and yes. a vehicle of some sort. Uh, would that also tie with uh, a traffic accident, the fender benders, things of that sort? I, it, it definitely could. I know uh, I've experienced that where um, a trauma, you know, even a slight trauma has triggered some things, like a, especially my experience is head trauma. Um, and the first thing is to get them, in, you know, excuse me, they're triaged in emergency care if it's something to make sure it's not life-threatening. So if it's a medical issue, you know, we want to deal with that first to make sure that there's no uh, ongoing da- uh, damage or ongoing, you know, uh, infliction of, of hurt or pain to them. So that that would be first and primary, but that might be something as a secondary issue. But So you notice sometimes this instantly on the scene it's it's rare i've i've encountered it one time um and it's it's very noticeable um and sometimes it's temporary uh, sometimes it can be long lasting but it's i've only encountered that one time but it's you know, i immediately knew like something is not this is not normal so um yeah i don't think it would be something we would do very frequently okay we've had a few cases here in this area dealing with persons shooting other people uh sometimes uh, without just a drive-by shooting or sometimes they know each other uh would situations like that be something that heather would help on uh you know again it it would just depend on what we found when we arrived it's and maybe i didn't maybe we didn't expand on that enough so the calls it'd be it would be rare that heather would be dispatched directly to a scene uh sometimes it happens but most often because when calls are going on in the afternoon too i mean at any point it's kind of like your screen there i mean they'll just be call after call after call after call stacked there and and sometimes the officer that she's with they may already be on something or they may be on the other side of town so a lot of times it would be referred from another officer on the scene that makes an initial just an assessment of to try to determine what's happening and if there is a need for for uh, mental health help but they do uh, there would be some that they would respond to directly just because the information that's got from the call taker is enough to say hey this will be something that we need to go to and larry i think this one's probably something you can handle this is a, a blister wanting to know has there been any uh, discovery in the situation where a woman was hit or shot while traveling along veterans uh, parkway and bart that will be a rutherford county yeah. sheriff's office case uh, even though it happened within the city limits uh rutherford county sheriff's office also responded and so they are the lead investigators for that particular case. So I can't speak for another department. So they could, when, when the sheriff's office uh, appear on your show, okay. maybe they can answer that yeah. question and give you an update. Very good. I think they're on next week, as a matter of fact. No, a week after next. So uh, if you would be listening and, and call back at that point. Bart, real quick, before I know we're getting close on right. time. Kelsey, is there anything that uh, that you could provide for folks that, maybe as we talked about earlier maybe they have had situations or they're living or or have a relative of somebody that they feel like might need some services and they you know it may not necessitate the police department coming in emergency but if they need to get a hold of uh, volunteer behavioral health how can how does one go about getting into contact with you guys yeah so i mean i just want to mention that um 
I like to say it's okay to not be okay. And I, what I mean by that is it's okay to experience those feelings of, of distress, but when those feelings start interfering with your uh, ability to function daily, when you can't get out of bed, when you're finding yourself uh, having road rage anytime you get in your car, um, reach out and you can reach out by calling 1-800-704-2651. 1-800-704-2651.